Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Blind Analysis. My name is Tommy Ray Valdez. Today, I want to talk a little more NFL news. I also want to talk a little more MLB news as well. And I want to talk a little more Seattle Mariners baseball. But first, I will get started with the latest NFL news. A little bit of bad news for the LA Rams. Their top wide receiver, Cooper Cup, is dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury. Um, obviously, still very early in training camp. Um, getting ready for um, everybody to have their first preseason game of the season. Um, so, um, you know, I'm not sure how serious this hamstring injury is for Cooper Cup, uh, but um, I'm pretty sure the Rams are hoping that he's going to be okay and be ready for week one. So we'll just have to wait and see um, if we hear any more information about that. But um you know, a little bit of concern for the LA Rams. Uh, now, um, I want to do what I normally like to do at the start of every NFL season. Um, I like to uh, break down every team uh, by their division. Um, and I like to pick a division winner for um, every division. And today, I'm going to start uh, by talking about the NFC Conference. Uh, that will be the first conference that I talk about. And uh, for today, I will talk about the NFC North Division. So, um First, I want to talk about last year's NFC North division winners, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, very interesting team. They had a very good offense last season. They had one of the top-ranked offenses in the NFL. Um, and you look at their offense, their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, um, you know, still a very good quarterback. Um, but uh, the Vikings, uh, they did lose a couple of pieces on their offense. Dalvin Cook um, is currently a free agent. Um, and um, Adam Thielen ended up uh, signing with the Carolina Panthers. Um, but uh, uh, you look at this Vikings team, obviously Kirk Cousins, their quarterback, um, is still going to make some very uh, big explosive plays with their top wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. Um, but, um, you know, another uh, interesting wide receiver that the Vikings drafted, Jordan Addison. Uh, maybe he can be that number two guy. Uh, replacing Adam Thielen in that Vikings offense. Of course, they still have K.J. Osborne as well. Um, K.J. Osborne had a really good season for the Vikings last year. Um, and T.J. Hawkinson, a very good tight end uh, in that Minnesota Vikings offense. So, um, you know, lots of good weapons for Kirk Cousins uh, to spread the football around. Um, and their lead running back going into this season is going to be Alexander Madison uh, taking over for Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, Alexander Madison in his opportunities, um, you know, he has been very good for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, when Dalvin Cook was injured, um, Alexander Madison would step up and put together some really big games for the Vikings. So, you know, I think Alexander Madison um, could definitely, um, you know, take over that lead running back role for the Vikings. And I think he can be a very big part of this Minnesota Vikings offense. So, um, you know, offensively, the Vikings are going to be well-balanced. Um, you know, can their offensive line do a better job of protecting Kirk Cousins? Uh, that's going to be the big question for their offense. And another big question for the Vikings is going to be their defense. Uh, their defense is going to look a lot different this season. Um, you know, they did get a lot younger on the defensive side of the football. Um, a lot of younger guys um, on that Vikings defense. And they have a new defensive coordinator in Brian Flores as well. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how uh, he runs uh, that Vikings defense. And it'll be really interesting to see what that Vikings defense 
is going to look like, um, you know, with all those different pieces on that defense, um, you know, we'll see how well they can gel together. Um, but another interesting team in that NFC North um, is going to be the team that I think is going to win this division, uh, the Detroit Lions. Um, if you look at what they did last season, uh, they just came up short of making the playoffs. Um, you know, they got off to a really rough start in the first half, but they really uh, turned um, their season around in the second half and really played well. Uh, their quarterback, Jared Goff, um, had a really good season for the Detroit Lions last year. Um, they do have some new faces running the football. Um, you know, they have some new running backs. Um, David Montgomery um, going over from the Chicago Bears to the Detroit Lions. So he's still in the NFC North division. Um, but, um, you know, he's going to be running the football for the Detroit Lions. Uh, they also have um, a, run, a rookie uh, running back that they drafted in Jameer Gibbs. I heard a lot of good things about Jameer Gibbs. Um, you know, sounds like he's a really good pass catcher as well as a very good running back. So um, good couple of running backs for the Lions. Uh, their wide receivers, um, you know, of course, Amon Ross St. Brown, that number one wide receiver for Jared Goff. Um, another guy, um, Josh Reynolds, uh, who has played with Jared Goff for a long time, even going back to their days with the L.A. Rams. So he's very comfor comfortable um, with uh, Josh Reynolds. They have a lot of chemistry. Um, and uh, another guy that will eventually be a big part of the Detroit Lions offense once he comes back from that gambling suspension will be Jamison Williams. So, um, you know, lots of good weapons for Jared Goff to spread the football around. And uh, the Detroit Lions defense is going to look a lot better as well. Uh, their defense uh, was a big uh, part of why they struggled in the first half of the season last year. Uh, but they ended up rebuilding that defense. Uh, they um, added a lot of really good veteran uh, pieces to their defense, especially to their secondary. So I do expect the Detroit Lions defense to be a lot better this season. Uh, we'll see how quickly that defense can gel together. Um, and uh, we'll see if they can uh, step up and um, make some big plays for the Detroit Lions on the defensive side of the football. So, um, you know, um, I think the Lions are definitely the most complete team in the NFC North. Um, and, uh, you know, they're going to be, a lot of fun to watch. Um, also, the Chicago Bears, I think they're going to be a very interesting team as well. Of course, their quarterback, Justin Fields, uh, we know um, how good he can run the football. Um, you know, he's done a really good job of running the football um, over the past couple of years for the Bears. Um, but, you know, can he now take that next step forward? Now that the Bears added some really good weapons uh, to their offense, um, you know, they made that big trade, uh, trading away the number one overall draft pick uh, to the Carolina Panthers to get D.J. Moore. Um, you know, of course, they um, added uh, Chase Claypool to their offense in the trade deadline uh, last year. Um, and, of course, Darnell Mooney still a big part of the Chicago Bears offense. He was the number one target for Justin Fields last season. So they have a good group of wide receivers. Uh, their running backs are going to be very good as well. Um, Khalil Herbert had a really good year for the Bears last year when he was filling in for David Montgomery, uh, when David Montgomery was injured. Um, and the Bears also brought in Deontay Foreman as well, um, coming over from the Carolina Panthers. So, um, you know, Deontay Foreman had a really good season with the Panthers last year as well. So um, two very good running backs, you know, like I said, 
a good group of wide receivers, but can that offensive line do a better job of protecting Justin Fields? That's going to be the big question for the Bears' offense. And uh, what will their defense look like? Um, you know, the Bears' defense, uh, you know, at times a little bit up and down, uh, but uh, they really struggled um, last season. But uh, their head coach, Matt Eberflus, uh, used to be uh, the defensive coordinator for a very good Indianapolis Colts defense. So, um, you know, I think he can definitely eventually turn uh, that defense around. Uh, but maybe the Bears might still be a year or two away from making the playoffs. Uh, but I think they could definitely be that pesky team in that division uh, that when, when things are going well, um, you know, it might be tough to go up against the Chicago Bears. So um, I think they could be another interesting team as well. And then you have the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the biggest question mark for the Green Bay Packers is what are they going to get from their new starting quarterback, Jordan Love? Um, you know, obviously, uh, Jordan Love, um, you know, the Packers think very, uh, very highly of him. Uh, they drafted him in the first round a few years ago. And remember, they traded up to get him in the first round. Um, you know, uh, Jordan Love, uh, all throughout college, uh, ran a bunch of different offenses. He had um, different offensive coordinator every year in college. Um, so, you know, now being behind Aaron Rodgers for a few years, um, you know, um, learning uh, from Aaron Rodgers um, and also, you know, running that same system and that same offense um, that Matt LaFleur has created for the Packers. Um, you know, I think Jordan Love um, has potential uh, to eventually, you know, be um, a very good quarterback. Um, but, you know, the Packers definitely going to have to, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, um, simplify uh, you know, that offense until Jordan Love gets comfortable. Um, you know, they're going to have to uh, really rely a lot on their running game uh, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um, and we'll see uh, how quickly Jordan Love can develop chemistry, you know, with guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Um, you know, this could be a very interesting team, uh, but you have to give, you know, Jordan Love and, and give the Packers offense some time, uh, you know, to, to develop and grow together. Uh, their defense is going to be very important uh, to this team as well. Um, you know, defensively, they are going to have to play well, um, you know, to give Jordan Love uh, more opportunities uh, to make plays. Um, but, you know, Packers and Packers fans have been here before. Um, you know, there was a time where, you know, um, when the Packers traded away Brett Favre, um, you know, they didn't know what to expect from Aaron Rodgers. Um, and Aaron Rodgers went on to have a very good career with the Packers. Um, and now with Aaron Rodgers moving on to the Jets, um, you know, nobody really knows what to expect from Jordan Love. Um, but, you know, just like Aaron Rodgers learned from Brett Favre, um, you know, maybe Jordan Love um, will have learned a lot from Aaron Rodgers. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, this Packers team is going to be very interesting. Um you know, it might take them a few years to once again become a playoff contender. Um, but, um, you know, if Jordan Love uh, could have a big year this year. You know, maybe he can get a big contract um, and, um, you know, continue to develop and, um, you know, be the next franchise quarterback for the Packers. So, you know, we'll see how this all goes. But uh, this is going to be a very interesting division in the NFC North. Uh, but I think the Lions will most likely win the division with the Vikings um, being, you know, the biggest um, challenger for the Detroit Lions. So, 
we'll see how this goes, but it should be a very interesting division to watch. Um, <clears throat> so that's my thoughts on the latest NFL news. Uh, now I want to talk a little MLB news as well. Lots of of um, teams uh, making some very interesting moves um, at the trade deadline. Uh, but I think the biggest move was made by the Houston Astros, bringing back Justin Verlander. Um, we all know, um, you know, that Justin Verlander um, really pitched well when he was with the Astros. Um, you know, he's very comfortable with the Astros. Um, and, uh, you know, once again, going back to that team where he's had so much success, uh, winning two of his three Cy Young Awards um, and also uh, winning a World Series last season with the Astros as well. Um, you know, Justin Verlander going back to a place where um, he is very comfortable. Um, and the Mets, um, they get a really good deal in return. They get two of the Astros' top four prospects. So um, two very good outfielders uh, going over to the New York Mets um, in return uh, for Justin Verlander. So um, this could be a very good trade for both sides. Um, but, uh, you know, I think um, with the Astros getting Justin Verlander uh, back in their starting rotation, um, you know, I think that is definitely going to help them to make a deep playoff run once again, and uh, we'll see if they can uh, make it back to the World Series and try to win uh, back-to-back World Series titles. But, you know, once this Astros lineup gets healthy, um, you know, they're going to be very tough. Um, and they're still in a very good position right behind the Texas Rangers in the AL West division. Um, so uh, the Astros are going to be uh, very interesting to watch all season long. Um and uh, while we are on the topic of the Astros, Framber Valdez pitching like if he was my cousin the other day, um, throwing a no-hitter against the Cleveland Guardians uh, with just 95 pitches. So um, outstanding pitching performance by Framber Valdez, uh, picking up um, a no-hitter, only walking one batter. So uh, just one uh, batter reaching base for the Cleveland Guardians in that game. Um, very impressive outing by Framber Valdez. So um other in- interesting trades uh, that went down um you know the Miami Marlins uh still making a push uh, for one of the NL wild card spots uh they add a couple of big power bats to their lineup uh they make a trade with the White Sox uh sending a very good pitching prospect over the White Sox to get Jake Berger a very good power hitting third baseman um and they also make a trade with the Cleveland Guardians um to get Josh Bell a, a very good power hitting first baseman um, as well. So uh, uh, the Marlins adding a couple of big power bats to their lineup. Uh, the Marlins have a lot of guys, um, you know, who can hit for a high average, uh, but they needed some more power bats to go along with Jorge Soler um, in their lineup. So um, good move by the Marlins to add Jake Berger and Josh Bell. Um, and uh, that made that uh, team and uh, made that lineup uh, look a lot tougher. So um, I think uh, those were very good moves for the Marlins. Um, The Philadelphia Phillies, another team in the mix uh, for that uh, National League uh, wild card um, as well. Um, They add a very good starting pitcher in Michael Lorenzen uh, to their starting rotation. Uh, You know, Phillies, uh, they have some good arms in their starting rotation. They have a very good lineup. Um, and if they can find their way into the playoffs, um, you know, once again, like they did last season, uh, winning one of the National League wildcard spots last year, um, you know, the, the Phillies, 
They made an incredible run all the way to the World Series uh, where they lost to the Houston Astros. But, um, you know, if the Phillies could find their way into the playoffs, I could definitely see them, you know, making another big run. Uh, but there are a lot of good teams um, in the mix for playoff spots. So, um, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting. The Baltimore Orioles, they add a very good starting pitcher to their rotation as well in uh, Jack Flaherty. So, um, you know, the Orioles, they continue to get better. Um, and, uh, you know, they're going to be a very fun team to watch the rest of the way as well. So uh, those are just a few of the trades um, that I can remember off the top of my head, uh, some of the trades that I thought were the most interesting, but uh, there were lots of trades that went down. Um, and, uh, you know, definitely it was a very, um, you know, fun and exciting trade deadline. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of teams, you know, made themselves better. Um, and I think this is going to be a very interesting baseball season the rest of the way. But uh, now I want to talk uh, Seattle Mariners baseball. Before I get into this Mariners-Red Sox series, I want to talk about a trade that the Mariners made um, a day before the trade deadline. Um, <clears throat> Mariners make a very interesting trade. Uh, they trade their closer, Paul Seawalt, over to the Arizona Diamondbacks to get um, some really good players in return. They get uh, Dominic Canzone a very good corner outfielder, um, a guy who um, can really uh, barrel up the baseball, um, you know, makes a lot of hard contact. He has a very good idea of the strike zone. Um, and, um, you know, I think he can be a very good addition to this Mariners lineup and, uh, you know, be a really good um, addition to the Mariners outfield as well. Um, <clears throat> Mariners, they also get Josh Rojas um, in return um, for the Paul Seawalt trade as well. Um, Josh Rojas um, definitely um, can be a big upgrade over at second base for the Mariners. He is a utility infielder who can play, um, you know, all over the infield. Um, and uh, Josh Rojas uh, can definitely, um, you know, um, play some uh, second base uh, going along with uh, Dylan Moore and Jose Cavallero. Um, so he can be a very good addition to this ball club as well. Um, and the Mariners also get a minor league infielder and Ryan Bliss as well. So um, Paul Seawalt going over to the Diamondbacks, uh, putting together a really good season with the Mariners, uh, now with a new career high um, in uh, 21 saves. So uh, Diamondbacks getting a very good closer um, in this trade uh, to really help out the back end of their bullpen and help them uh, make their playoff push as well. Um, but, uh, you know, the Mariners, it'll be a little bit tougher for the Mariners you know, without Paul Seawall, um, you know, guys are going to have to um, change their roles down in the Mariners' bullpen. And, um, you know, we'll see how Scott Service navigates the closer role uh, moving forward. But, um, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, you know, I feel like he will probably end up, you know, uh, just matching up, you know, the closer role, um, you know, with, uh, you know, high leverage situations over with the back end of his, his bullpen. You know, with guys like Matt Brash, Justin Topa, Andres Munoz, um, you know, Gabe Spire, um, and uh, Taylor Salcedo. Uh, you know, all guys that Scott Service really relies um, a lot on um, over in the back end of the Mariners' bullpen. So, um, you know, we'll see how this all works out. But, um, you know, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what Scott Service does with his bullpen uh, the rest of the way. Um, but, um Mariners are definitely going to miss Paul Seawalt, uh, but hopefully Dominic Canzone and Josh Rojas uh, will contribute 
uh, right away and, um, you know, really helped his Mariners ball club. So um, that's my thoughts on the Mariners big trade. Um, now I want to talk about this series between the Mariners and the Red Sox. Uh, this was a very interesting series. Uh, game one, really good pitching matchup. George Kirby on the mound for the Mariners going up against Nick Pavetta. He gets to start in this game um, for the Red Sox. And uh, the Red Sox, they get on the board first. They get a gift run on a couple of throwing errors um, after a stolen base uh, by Jaron Duran. Um, Mariners, uh, they make a couple of throwing errors uh, by Tom Murphy and Julio Rodriguez. That ends up scoring Jaron Duran after he stole second base. He ended up scoring all the way from second base on those two throwing errors. So that gave the Red Sox a one to nothing lead. But then Cal Raleigh hits a pair of solo home runs to give the Mariners a two to one lead. Um, after really good pitching by George Kirby, uh, he pitched uh, five innings in this ball game. The Red Sox they really made him work. Um, he ended up throwing 97 pitches to get through those five innings. Uh, Red Sox fouled off a lot of pitches. Uh, they ended up fouling off about 29 pitches um, in this game against George Kirby. Uh, but George Kirby hung in there. He really battled, kept the Mariners in the ball game, um, and eventually. Um, after George Kirby came out of the ball game, uh, Cal Raleigh hits a pair of solo home runs to give him 16 home runs on the season. That gave the Mariners a two to one lead, and the score remained two to one until very late in the ball game. Mariners uh, they added on some more runs. Julio Rodriguez knocked in a pair of runs with a two-run single. Then a um, couple more runs were added on uh, with a couple more big RBI base hits by A. Eugenio Suarez and Teoscar Hernandez. That extended the Mariners' lead to 6-1. to one. Um, And then the Red Sox were able to tack on one more run in the top of the ninth inning uh, with um, an RBI base hit by Justin Turner. That made the score 6-2. to two, But the Mariners, they hung on and won the game. Final score of 6-2. to two. Great play, uh, great diving play by J.P. Crawford to end the ballgame. A. Eugenio Suarez made a lot of outstanding plays defensively over at third base as well. Um, and uh, the Mariners, they hang on and get a big win in game one. Final score of 6-2. to two. Game two, uh, this was another very interesting game. Um, um, uh, the Mariners, uh, uh, they end up... Um, um, having another a very interesting game um, in game two. But uh, it was the Red Sox... Um, that uh, ended up winning this ball game, but um, this was a, a very interesting game as well um, for the Red Sox. Uh, Brian Bayo uh, gets to start in this game for the Red Sox, and Bryce Miller gets to start in this game for the Mariners. Um, but uh, in this game, uh, the Mariners they get on the board first. Eugenio Suarez drives in a run with a base hit to give the Mariners an early one to nothing lead. Bryce Miller pitched very well. Over the first three innings of this ball game, but the Red Sox were finally able to get to Bryce Miller in the fourth inning. A two-run double by Christian Arroyo gives the Red Sox a two-to-one lead. Um, and then uh, the Red Sox uh, they add on another run with a sacrifice fly by Reese McGuire to extend their lead to three-to-one. Um, and then a little bit later on in the ball game, Alex Verdugo hits a two-run home run off of Bryce Miller to extend the Red Sox lead to five-to-one. Um, and then um, the Mariners, they get a couple runs back, a two-run home run by A. Eugenio Suarez, his 15th home run of the season. That made the score 5-3. to three. But then 
Reese McGuire hits a solo home run off of Bryce Miller. That extended the Red Sox lead to 6-3, to and that solo home run by Reese McGuire chased Bryce Miller out of the ballgame. Uh, rough outing for Bryce Miller, um, still going through you know a little bit of the rookie growing pains uh, right now, um, giving up six runs in back-to-back outings, but Bryce Miller will learn from this, and um, I think that he will pitch much better in his next outing. Uh, but the Red Sox, they go on to win game two. Final score of 6-4. to four. Mariners get one more run with an RBI base hit by Ty France. Um, but the Red Sox, they hang on and win game two. Final score of 6-4. to four. Plenty of opportunities for the Mariners to win this ball game. Uh, but they left a lot of runners stranded in scoring position. And uh, the Red Sox, uh, they end up winning game two. But in game three, um, this was another a very interesting game. Logan Gilbert. Gets a start for the Mariners going up against Cutter Crawford. He gets a start in this game for the Red Sox. And in this game, it was the Red Sox that got on the board first. Jaron Duran continues to have a very good series against the Mariners. He hits a two-run home run off of Logan Gilbert to give the Red Sox an early 2 to nothing lead. And then uh, Masataka Yoshida drives in a run with a base hit to extend the Red Sox lead to 3 to nothing. Masataka Yoshida... Um, you know, probably going to uh, win the American League Rookie of the Year award, uh, but we'll see what happens. He's having a very good rookie season, uh, and with his base hit, that gave the Red Sox a three to nothing lead. But then here come the Mariners. Um, Cal Raleigh continues to swing the bat well against the Red Sox this season. He hits another big home run against the Red Sox, a two-run home run for his 17th home run of the season. That made the score three to two. Um, and then Cade Marlowe coming off of the bench to pinch hit for Dylan Moore. Um, he ends up uh, coming through uh, with a big RBI base hit to tie the game up at 3-3. Three to three. Um, And then uh, after that, um, Julio Rodriguez hits a little broken bat, um, shallow fly ball that drops in front of Yu Chang and um, Rafael Devers. They end up colliding on the infield. And um, they were not able to uh, make the catch. So Julio Rodriguez um, hits a little infield base hit. Um, that ends up um, bringing in the go-ahead run to give the Mariners a 4-3 to lead. And then Eugenio Suarez drives in a run with a base hit to extend the Mariners' lead to 5-3. to Eugenio Suarez um, really swinging the bat well for the Mariners. Um, he has now driven in at least one run. Um, in eight consecutive ball games, so he's really swinging the bat well. Um, and then the Mariners tack on one more run in a very interesting way. Uh, they pull off the double steal. Scott Service puts the game in motion, and Eugenio Suarez and Julio Rodriguez uh, both steal the base. Eugenio Suarez um, stealing second base, and Julio Rodriguez steals home. Um, so um, really cool way for the Mariners to pick up their sixth run of the ball game. And they go on to win uh, game three, final score of six to three. Um, very big series win for the Mariners. Uh, Matt Brash picks up two wins in this series on in relief for the Mariners to improve his record coming out of the bullpen for the Mariners to seven and three. So, um, you know, Matt Brash having a really good year for the Mariners um, coming out of their bullpen and uh, the Mariners, they get a big uh, series win over the Red Sox. Um, they are only three and a half games behind the Toronto Blue Jays uh, for that third AL wildcard spot. Um, you know, Mariners uh, still 
very much um, trying to make a playoff push. And uh, they are really playing some good baseball, picking up another series win. And uh, now they have another big series coming up against the LA Angels, a big four-game series um, over at Anaheim. And uh, game one will be a really interesting pitching matchup. Brian Wu will get the start in this game for the Mariners going up against Shohei Otani. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and hopefully the Mariners can find a way to win this series against the Angels. Mariners now a half game ahead of the Angels in both the American League wildcard standings and in the AL West standings as well. So um, it's going to be a very uh, big four-game series, and hopefully the Mariners uh, could do a really good job of driving in runners and scoring position. Um, you know, hopefully they can pitch well um, in this series, and uh, hopefully they can find a way to score a lot of runs. They are going to have to score a lot of runs in this series uh, to keep up with the Angels. Uh, so it's going to be a very fun four-game series, and hopefully the Mariners can find a way uh, to come out on top in this series and uh, gain some ground um, in um, you know the AL wildcard standings and hopefully the AL West division as well. Um, you know, looking at um, all of the divisions right now going into the month of August, um, you know, it's all going to be very interesting. Uh, the AL West currently, the Rangers with a half game lead over the Houston Astros at the top of the AL West division uh, with the Mariners and the Angels not too far behind um, the Astros and the Rangers either. So, um, you know, this is going to be a fun AL West division the rest of the way. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, with all these teams making moves uh, to better their ball clubs, it's going to be a very interesting division. Over in the AL East, um, the Baltimore Orioles have taken over first place. Uh, they ran down and passed the Tampa Bay Rays, and they are now in first place in the AL East division. Um, but, you know, the Rays, um, you know, Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, all playing really good baseball. Um, and uh, they all still have a chance to make the playoffs. So that's going to be a very interesting division as well. Uh, the Minnesota Twins in first place in the AL Central. Um, Guardians um, starting to struggle a little bit, uh, but they still have a chance to try to catch the Minnesota Twins. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens um, in that division as well. That should be very interesting. Um, and uh, over in the National League, uh, the Atlanta Braves in first place in the National League East. Uh, but a couple of teams in that division to keep an eye on. Miami Marlins, Philadelphia Phillies, still very much in the mix for National League wildcard spots. Um, and uh, over in uh, the um, National League West division, uh, the Dodgers in first place in the National League West. Uh, but keep an eye on the Diamondbacks and the Giants still in the mix uh, for the division and also for National League wildcard spots as well. Um, and uh, over in uh, the National League Central, um, the Reds, um, you know, currently um, just a little bit ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers on top of the National League Central. But, um, you know, both the Reds and the Brewers still in the mix, um, you know, for either uh, the National League Central division or uh, National League wildcard spots as well. So lots of teams still in play to make the playoffs. Uh, that's what makes uh, this um, time of year um, in baseball so exciting in the month of August and September. So it's going to be very fun to watch baseball the rest of the way. And, um, you know, we'll see how this all plays out. But um, lots of teams uh, really playing some good baseball. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So that's my thoughts 
I know everything for today. Now I just want to leave you guys with a quick Bible verse before I go from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. This Bible verse says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Um, this is just an incredible reminder to all of us that, you know, we all, um, you know, look at our priorities. Um, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of things in life that we want. Um, and there are a lot of things in life that we need. Um, and sometimes the things that we want um, prioritize themselves over the things that we need. And that's with all of us, myself included. Um, but, um, you know, if we can just always remember to seek first the kingdom of God. Um, and if we can always remember to seek God first each and every single day of our lives, um, God will give us everything that we need. If we can just trust God um, and seek him each and every single day of our lives, put God first above everything else, um, and God will give you everything that you need. Uh, so I just want to leave you guys with that reminder. Thank you guys for listening. God bless you guys. Always remember that God is love and God is good all the time. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. Go Mariners and go Hawks.